Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. We would like to acknowledge that this podcast maiden is being held on Aboriginal land, the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. And we would like to pay respect to their eldest past, present and immersion. And their multiple birth parents with children with disabilities. And this week we're speaking to Callie. She's a friend of mine, she's a P, and she's a director of the smith Magenis Syndrome Australia. This podcast contains truth, laughter, and the occasional F word, so it's not really suitable for children. Sometimes you just have to get your shits out. Shit, 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 shit. That's right, this is a language warning. Oh, shit. Hello, Mandy. Hello, Kate. Coming to you from freezing Melbourne. Yes, icy cold. <laughs> goodness so, gracious me. And goodness, the best thing about Melbourne is the day this episode comes out, it could be 34. <laughs> <laughs> we had a day last week where it was like 27 and the next day was 14. I know. I was like, how do we do this? I yes. Don't know. Oh but we do goodness. and we love it. And it's just like uniforms switching between. Oh, All of a yeah, sudden yeah. we got a thermal on under the PE uniform <laughs> and then my Miss 12 was like, can I just wear a PE uniform today and I'll just risk getting a detention? I was like, sure. <laughs> sure, it's freezing. <laughs> <laughs> it's tracksuit weather. Yes. Anyway. anyway, we have a fabulous guest on today. Would you like to say hello and introduce yourself? Hello, um, I'm Kelly um, and uh, I'm uh, P, as, as Mandy mentioned, uh, to an 18-year-old pea shoot mm-hmm. whose name is Emily. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, although my background um, at uni was studying music and um, I spent most of my business career in IT, uh, <laughs> um, I actually am now fully into the world of um not-for-profit disability space mm. um so i guess being a bit of a split p now yes. um, in that in that space um and work across a couple of different um organizations um yeah. that 
have to do with people with intellectual disability and, and other challenges. She's a powerhouse P. Uh, yeah, you can tell. Yeah, yeah. she's, she's awesome. She's got powerhouse written all over yeah. it. <laughs> she's the greatest. So thankful you to have You can see me in my hoodie. I can, yeah. yeah. I mean, we are in equal sort of clothes. Yeah, look, it's, it's a new windsheeter, it but it's still new. a windsheeter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's ask our questions and then we're going to hear everything. Okay, our yeah, first cool. question. Do you have a favourite song or band or music that either lifts you up when you're feeling low or really pumps you up when you're feeling good? Look, this is going to sound really funny, um, but my go-to is often things like 90s grunge and yes. folk, um, which which oh. you might think is actually a bit of a downer, um, but maybe it's about kind of acknowledgement and getting yes. getting in the mode. Um, um, you know, and I like themes around, you know, social justice and, and really life reality check. Um, but if I were to think of some songs, I guess, in that space, um, funny, and this isn't 90s grunge or folk, um, a song I haven't been able to get out of my head lately is Don't Stop Me Now by Queen. Yes. Um, I actually will be song. singing it as I'm walking around. Yeah, so I think, yeah. you know, and it's kind of the letting go, living in the moment, or, mm-hmm. you know, even a good old Tom Petty, mm-hmm. Free Falling. Oh, um, free Falling. That is such a good song. Yes, a beautiful yeah. song. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, it's kind of that eclectic mix or, you know, a Tracy Chapman fast car, oh, um, yeah. which is, I guess, the escapism. Yes. Piece of it. So, yeah, you know, so I step kind of outside. Those are a few of the songs that I think I are my go-to favorites um, or when they come on, it's like, okay, everything has to shut down. It gets yes. cranked up. And yes, I love it. And are you allowed to? Will Emily let you listen to music and stuff? Or my girls turn the radio uh, yeah, off on me actually, sometimes. Yeah, and she'll usually uh, join me yeah. in singing. So she, she knows most of the songs, sometimes knows the lyrics better than me. I'm pretty good at making up fake lyrics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. As long as yeah. it sounds similar. <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah. Get, the, get the chorus properly, but yeah, the verses yeah. Oh, yeah, it's totally. a bit here and there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> awesome. What about did you win any awards at school? Look, I, I was a bit of a shocker. I was really good at coming in second, and I and I, I think about this when I've heard heard uh, you discuss this in in various episodes. So if I were to actually think about winning an award, this and I was a complete nerd, so I'm just gonna that's the disclaimer. Yeah. Um, in grade five, I won the spelling bee. Mm. for primary. So yep. you know that was that's a big deal. Exciting. Yeah. In grade five, you up the really grade sixes. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. But, you know, one up the grade sixes. Um, and then in grade six, um, I won the school science fair. So, oh, <laughs> what did you was, make? Um, <laughs> I followed the migratory patterns of um, the Calio hummingbird. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't a volcano then. <laughs> Which is, yeah, so not interesting at all. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and where did you go to school? Where did you grow up? Tell us. People um, trying to I pick. I grew up. You, you can probably pick the accent. Yeah. <laughs> I grew up in Canada, um, in the western part. So, grew up in Calgary, um, close to the Rocky Mountains. So, love hiking and mountain biking mm. and skiing and everything mm. kind yeah. of outdoorsy. Because uh, yeah. that's how I grew up. Um, but I went to school at a small, little, private, rather evangelical uh, Christian school. Mm. Um, and went there from year one through twelve. Wow. Um, so yeah, yeah, and and we commuted. I lived on an acreage, so we commuted about an hour each way every wow. day. Were um, you picked up by <laughs> a school bus, or did your mum have to drive you? No, my 
My parents um, were taxi drivers for yeah. both my brother and I pretty yeah. full time um, because not only did we have school, but we had extracurricular activities and they were all in the city in the yeah. big smoke and we were out in the farm. So, uh, yeah, yeah um, definitely appreciate that more and more at yes. the older yes. I get. How much, <laughs> like how that was much quite investment. an effort, wasn't it? Yeah, huge yeah. effort. What an effort it was. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And our last question and our favourite, why are you a P? Yeah, so um, I'm mum, mum to Emily, um, and Emily was diagnosed when she was three with McGinnis syndrome, um, and so uh, yeah, that's that's how I got kind of brought into the, her world and into the community that is Smith McGinnis and, and which pulled me into a whole bunch of other beautiful communities along along the way. Um, and uh, yeah, it's hard to believe I've been on this journey for 18 years and yes. I know it will keep, it'll keep going and transitioning. Um, yes. So yeah, that's that's what makes me a P. Yeah. So she was three when you got that diagnosis. Was, yeah. was yeah, that like, was did it take three years of genetic testing or what was that like? Look, I think always deep down, um, right from get-go, knew something more was going on. Um, and we spent a number of years, you know, with GP and then pediatricians and then pediatricians and specialists. And and look, I think there was eventually there was acknowledgement, you know, after we were missing all the milestones, mm -hmm. um, those lovely, that lovely word, mm -hmm. um, and uh and experiencing growing challenges with, you know, even behavioral challenges, but um, so, some other issues, sleep issues and so forth, that something else was happening. But at the time, we just didn't see probably the right specialist. And it wasn't until we uh, moved when uh, Emily was two. Um, so, you know, what you do when you're really tired and bewildered and shattered is you move halfway across the world. Definitely. Or you have no friends or family. So she, was, so she was born in Canada. I didn't know that. She was, yeah. Oh you wouldn't, you wouldn't know it because she sounds like a little Aussie. Yes. Um, but no, she, uh, she was born, born in Canada. So we moved over when she was two. Um, we For ended up work with an, or just uh, you were born. Work, yeah. yeah right. so I got uh, recruited, recruted over, um, and we thought, hey, why not? Have an let's, adventure. Uh, yeah, let's just see, see where this, uh, where this goes. So, um, well, yeah, you're still here. We, I'm still here. Um, <laughs> Australia can get rid of us. Um, we did. We did have a bit of fun trying to get permanent residency. Yeah, I'll say um, mm. with her diagnosis coming in after we arrived. Right. Yes. Um, but I had a lot of support as well um, through my employer um, to help get that across the line. Um, so yeah, we're well and truly by. We're we're uh, citizens of both countries cool. and um, and uh, yeah, feel very much at home. What two fabulous countries to be citizens oh, of? Absolutely, yes, yeah, yes, great yeah, absolutely. So when, so when you were doing diagnosis and testing and all that, was that in Canada and Australia, or what? Not a lot happened in Canada because at that point it was kind of considered a developmental delay. Oh, yeah. um, it might just be a bit of a blip. Um, Look, she failed to thrive as an infant. Mm -hmm. uh, we ended up back in hospital, lots of swallowing issues, mm -hmm. a lot of motor issues in the mouth. And so some of those things now in hindsight should have been some major red flags. Mm -hmm. um, but she did kind of, you know, get past that. Mm -hmm. um, and even though she was delayed, it wasn't so significant that, you know, I, I guess it just wasn't as, as big of a concern as they would have thought, you mm -hmm. know, instead of, you know, she walked, she took her first steps at 18 months. So it wasn't so far behind. Yes. Her. So, no, 
she had no speech there um, at all, um, right. really no sounds. Um, so that was, and, you know, they checked the hearing and they checked all mm-hmm. those things. Um, when she was uh, two-ish or just before two, that's when we started seeing a lot of um, uh, head banging and mm-hmm. quite aggressive behavior, which mm-hmm. we couldn't explain, mm-hmm. um, you know, meltdowns that just seemed to be out of the blue. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did start seeing people, but then when we, when we moved to Australia, mm. we very quickly got referred to a pediatrician who is really proactive. And so she started just kind of throwing us at right. other specialists. Um, and were you covered by any Medicare or were you just paying for all that? Uh, so Canada was is very good. Um, yeah. So back then, you know, definitely the whole the whole health system is public. Yes. Um, yeah, so uh, that that's and and for the odd allied health piece that we might have needed, we might have had private health to um, cover some of that. So mm-hmm. it wasn't so much a cost um, concern, you know, here in Australia, two tier system, but still, um, you know, Medicare covering a portion yeah, of yeah, that. Yeah, so, um, yeah. Uh, and then again, I had a, I had a good private health uh, working for an American company in right, Australia. Right, um, right, right. So, so we had pretty decent private health to cover the allied um, piece of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was actually uh, when uh, the pediatrician had witnessed one of Emily's episodes and uh, said, oh, "I really just think we should have a neurologist." look at her and and this had never happened before um but and so we went and saw the neurologist i think a few weeks later so she was three um just three um and he took five minutes and he said i think there's something genetic underlying this and he said don't want to alarm you but he said i'm seeing enough things that i think we should order some genetic testing he actually suspected it may be fragile x Right. So on the on the testing form, when he was kind of saying what we should what they should be looking for, that was one of the right. you know suggestions, um, and ordered the fish testing mm. um, for her. So, and how did you um, feel when they said that? Were you relieved or were you scared? Uh, I think I think when they suggested genetic testing, it hadn't even dawned on yes. me that could be a thing. Um, yep. And it's so funny now having lived this. It's kind of like, well, why you know why wouldn't I have thought? to ask about that so there might be something um but you know i was i, I knew about the major genetic you know chromosomal um abnormalities but not not you know all these little ones had never heard of fragile x for yes. at that point mm-hmm. either um but you know i'll say once we got the answer and i'll remember that day mm. um <laughs> like a movie that yes. just plays back in your head um yes. and you probably probably look at it differently every time i play that movie yeah um but you know i think it was it was it was a shock. Mm. Um, and of course, when the doctor calls you and said, can you come in and have a chat? You yeah. always know, okay, there's something, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But but it, even then I went, oh, we might find out this mm. this could be good. Um, yes. And I think there was a tremendous sense of relief um, because mm. finally we had an answer yeah. and and it was validating. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> You know, we, we had been saying for years to doctors and families of friends, you know, that we think, you know, there's some there's something up and um, we're probably starting to feel a little bit crazy. Um, mm. And and having a diagnosis that really described yeah. her on paper. Yes. Um, yeah. Felt felt. Yeah. I guess validating. Um, and it didn't change who she was. No. So, of so I guess not. the benefit of having lived three years with her up to that point is we had a pretty solid picture of who she was mm. and now we could just explain some of the things that we were you know yeah. just didn't didn't know how to and and we knew oh it's not you know she's not 
just being, we've been told by one pediatrician, oh, she just might be a bit of an extreme toddler. Uh, <laughs> and they're extreme like, oh, toddler. Extreme toddler. Wow. <laughs> That's not a category. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, now <laughs> the poor thing has been putting up, been yes. trying to deal with some pretty extreme challenges. Yes. Um, and, you know, this disorder is a complex um, multi-system disorder that, mm. you know, has kind of hammered her body and her mind mm. and neurologically. Um, so I think, yeah, from that perspective, it was it was really good because now we knew that what it was, mm. um, no one knew. No mm. one knew actually how to describe it to us or tell us about because no one knew anything about it. Right. But at least we had a we had a label, I guess, yeah. and we had a starting point of kind of opening up the door. To, so were you able to? What were some of those characteristics that you were like, ah, this is her? Yeah. So um, <laughs> number one, sleep issues. Mm. So um, one of the things we noticed very early on is it, it seemed like she she just wanted to be up all night mm. and and then she'd fall asleep in the strangest places like I remember being at a playground um in Elstonwick and and it was just a slide with one of those kind of tube mm. um covered slides and uh she went up to the top and then she went to slide down and then she never kind of came out the end <laughs> and it's like so walked around she... and went, oh, where did she go? Like, did I miss her just yeah. flying out? <laughs> um, walked to the end and she was curled up in a little ball oh. fast asleep at oh, the bottom wow. of the slide. So oh. she had so quickly fallen asleep. And we have so many photos. Well, there's actually a um, so Smith McGinnis syndrome, we call it SMS. Um, yeah. There's an SMS book that a mom in the United States has done up of just all all the kids and adults um, falling asleep in precarious places yes. at all times. Wow. So, so that was one of the big ones because we learned very quickly that um, part of the genetic imprint is an inverted um, circadian rhythm, mm. so an inverted sleep cycle. So she produces her melatonin opposite to really? someone typical. Um, so um, she she gets fueled full of melatonin during the day and then it just drops off um, at night. So that was probably one of the big ones. Um, obviously, Can you change it, that or not? No. Uh, you can't. No. 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 <laughs> um, but there's strategies. You know, there's a good chunk of people or, who respond well to slow-release melatonin. Yeah. Um, so we've been using that since we've had the diagnosis. Mm. Um, and, it, and Emily, we're lucky, and she's lucky that it does have a strong impact. Um, for a lot, beta blockers also help, yep. um, and they help flatten the curve during the day as right. well so help remove um, some of the exhaustion hmm. um, and look there's new meds coming out um, there's there's one that's in the US and UK that hasn't been approved yet in Australia that's um, addressing it a bit of a different way but is um, you know so you know technology is getting there yeah, where the yeah. sleep thing is more manageable yeah um, you know and, and Mandy you would know there's a lot of things around sleep hygiene and whatnot yeah. that um, I'm I'm a sleep hygiene you know, freak because yeah. I, I'm also a terrible sleeper and I don't have an excuse like Emily does. <laughs> um, but, but um, you know, we've have we've been very very rigid around yeah. those things, but it's actually worked um, quite well. So oh, she yeah. she's a decent sleeper yeah. now, um, yeah. you know, which is good. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I think the the regulation challenges, behavioral challenges, and intellectual disability yeah. were probably the two other big strong ones. Not so much differentiating with the syndrome yeah. um but those things definitely um you know were very well explained yes. in the information that we received um you know the, the challenge with sms is it's like 
you know, what is there, 250,000 uh, chromosomal abnormalities out there. You know, a lot of rare disorders um, caused by a tiny, tiny mm. piece of our DNA. Um, and often it's just a microdeletion or a mutation or, you know, an addition. So it's a spelling error, basically. Mm. <clears throat> but it has such a massive impact mm. on the entire human and, yes. and the family and yes. everyone around you. Um mm. Um, so, you know, a lot of the conditions with SMS also overlap with autism. Right. Um, so um, there's various studies and they use different methods. So there's not a fixed number, but they, they estimate between 50 and 90 percent of people with SMS um, fall quite strongly on the autism spectrum. Right. Um, it's very common for them to be diagnosed with autism mm. and not with SMS. Right. Right. Run. Yeah. Um, and then there's a lot of other conditions like ADHD, mm. um, OCD. There's very repetitive yes. behaviors, yeah. um, um, oppositional defiance disorder, um, and uh, sensory challenges and anxiety, mm-hmm. and those kinds of things that do overlap a lot of other. Yes. Yes. Yep, yeah. For sure. How did you find people? How did you start that? Was there Facebook groups? Was there? This is what yeah. 2008. and Eight, yes. Mm. I only know that because <laughs> I know she's the same age as my girls. So. Ab plus yeah. three, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to go back to her birthday. Um, yeah, so when when we got the diagnosis, um, obviously we hadn't heard it, neither had our pediatrician, and mm. so she she knew us well enough to come armed with what information she uh, could find. Yeah. And she said, look, please promise me that when you go home, you're not just going to Google and Google and Google and do your own research. And I said, well, that's actually so not something that we can we can say we will follow the first thing we're going to do and it's nearly killing me in this moment not to be googling yes. and trying to find out yes um but she found she'd done some background work to find out that an organization in the united states who's the main body internationally prisms um they had quite a robust website with quite a bit of information so she had pulled down some articles, printed them out um, and said, look, you know, instead of Googling, if you can kind of go here and here's some of the information that I think is really balanced um, that should give you, you know, more of a kind of, I guess, a perspective that isn't isn't just going to, because it's hard to take on everything um, all at once. Yeah, Yeah, of course. Um, and, And at the time, I believe there were only around 20 documented cases around Australia. So wow. we're dealing with something quite rare. Yeah, and yeah. and um, like even today, we're only sitting at around 130. So it's still it's mm-hmm. still uh, quite underdiagnosed. Um, mm. There should be about 10 times as right, many. Right, really? Um, okay. Yeah, in the po- or there, there probably are yeah. 10 times as many in the population, just not diagnosed. Right. Um, but when, when we got that information, I found a group... Um, that was based out of the UK. It's before Facebook groups started. I forget what the forums. engine was, yeah. but it was a forum. Yeah. yeah. And I got connected to a couple of mums in the UK who were absolutely amazing. Oh. Um, and one of them said to me, well, hey, you guys have a pretty special camp down in Australia. Um, and it's and Ann Smith, who is the co-discoverer. So Ellen McGinnis and Ann Smith were had both discovered Smith-McGinnis oh. syndrome and, and named. Um, but Ann comes to this camp and and it's on the central coast of New South Wales and huh. I think it's coming up quite soon. Right. So she gave me some contacts and sure enough we found within a month of Emily being diagnosed this camp wow. was running up the central coast oh, of New South Wales. Wow. Yeah. Um yeah, so very quickly and and 
interestingly, I didn't go to that first camp. I actually had a trip already booked away, um, but uh, Matthew Emily's father um, went, and I think that was probably a good thing. Um, mm. I probably wasn't ready yes. um, for that yes, camp yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yet, um, but he he managed to make a lot of connections, particularly mm. with um, the mums at the camp, and then brought them back to yes. me yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. and created those connections so even though it was a very small uh, group that attended the camp um, it opened up this whole community and this whole world of people who got it and understood to yeah. a very deep level um, mm. and uh, yeah and just were so warm and so welcoming um, and you know that that has continued ever since. So you know that's still become a still still a big part of my family um, yes. here in Australia. Is that yes. is that family we discovered at that camp? Ah, oh, yes. amazing. Yeah. And do you have you been on camp since? Yeah. So yeah. I don't think we've missed one. Uh, <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about entering schooling and how did you make decisions around that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So that was quite interesting. So we. Uh, again, had a great pediatrician. She had, there was a speechy that worked out of the same, um, rooms. Uh, so, uh, and she was, she was, Becky, she was phenomenal and went above and beyond, wow. um, really took us under her wing, wow. um, as a family. And, and so, you know, she, she was like, oh, you need to get Emily into early intervention. And oh, what's early intervention? I had no yeah. clue what early intervention mm. was. And, and so she made some calls and then she's like, okay, you know, I think, and by then Emily had been um, removed from a couple of creches um, mm. because her behavior was considered unmanageable. Oh. Um, and so it kind of fell at a time where it's like, okay, well now we can find at least a part-time program, yes. which is really geared towards this. And were you working? You know, yeah, full time. Yeah. Yeah. Both of us, both her father and I were. So yeah, trying to juggle that. And yes, you know, what do you do for care? Um, we were also lucky at that time to find, um, so my partner, Brendan, now, um, he, he called around, um, <laughs> after Emily got, um, removed from the second kindy and, uh, found a place, um, near us that, the uh the head of that department had gone oh we need more girls and we've actually got a couple of other kids um that you know have you know are not neurotypical and and mm -hmm. you know we we really embrace that and they were phenomenal so we got in part-time there and part-time at early intervention wow. so it kind of fell into place yep, yep, yep. um and then it was through uh, and that was at a special development school that mm. had the early intervention. Mm. And it was through them that when it started to come time to look, they said, look, you know, we're never going to tell you what, what mm. to do or, you know, where you should head. And, you know, if you, if you feel mainstream's the right thing, you know, we're happy to help you figure, you know, look at certain schools that might have good programs or if you want to look at specialist schooling. So they kind of took us through it. Um, but there was a bit of an underlying read between the lines. You know, we really think, mm -hmm. you know, specialized schooling might be the path. Mm -hmm. um, and we had seen how much Emily flourished having smaller um, yeah. smaller classroom sizes, yes. having more one-on-one -on -one, and having teaching staff that really understood, mm -hmm. you know, and having allied health kind of yes. peppered in and stuff. Um, so I just started um, going around and uh and calling and also our speech pathologist also did some research um, uh, as she was always supporting us. And uh, one of the schools that I visited um, was Ashwood School. Mm. Um, 
And, you know, it was a bit outside our area, but still within reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it just, I think within 10 minutes, it just felt like home. Um, <sighs> you know, it was it was welcoming. Uh, the principal took me across the entire school mm-hmm. for a tour. I could see how all the students um you know, worked with each other, interacted, and it was like, oh, it just felt like such a, I don't know, calm, inclusive, supportive, you know, everyone, you know, was kind of with their, with their friends. Um, And, and I could see, you know, I had a bit of hope um, after that, that this could be something really good for Emily. So we were, yeah, we were pleased when she got a spot. And uh, that's from prep all the way through 12. um, Yes. um, Has spent there. So, um, yeah, uh, it. Yeah, Ashwood uh, was always really good. They had something called the rapport, the school values, um, and uh, the, so those are respect, integrity. I have to make sure I get this right. Um, passion, optimism, and responsibility. Mm-hmm. And I think if I think about the time that she's had there, I'm sure we had some pretty challenging times, but they they worked with us really closely. And if I look at what Emily's taken away from that is how much more considerate she is, you know, of people around her and learning that respect and learning that Mm. code Um, and, you know, learning to be happy to give things a go, um, Mm. even if they're challenging, you know, and building that resilience and being honest and trustworthy and open and, you know, taking responsibility for, you know, what, what your actions are or for tasks that you're given and so forth. So Mm. all those values have just been intrinsic. Mm. um, And, you know, we owe them, we owe them a lot for really Mm. reinforcing that in her world. Mm. And does she like school? She does. Um, She is always chomping at the bit to get back to school um, whenever we have a break. Um, she loves seeing her friends. Emily's quite social. She's very um, social. Yep. <laughs> she, she will talk talk your ear off um, <laughs> given the opportunity. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a big it's it's a big thing for her from a social perspective. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a number of these students she's been with for years. So yes. they've become really, really close friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and they will continue to, you know, go into – um, schooling and programs, you know, po- yeah. post-secondary where some of these relationships get to continue. She had the is, best 18th. Did she? She yes. did have the <laughs> <laughs> That was a ripper of a party. Mum yeah. was exhausted, but it was. I bet you were. <laughs> <laughs> it was bowling and karaoke and then we were swapping. And oh. then it was just full of friendship. I could do that this weekend. Oh, yeah. Someone wants to ask yeah. me. That sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah, there was a- Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
So how do you two know each other? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, we well, met, I, I mean, I think we. I have met Emily through School Sports Victoria, you know, maybe, yeah. or seen Ashwood against our schools. Um, but yep. then I really spent time with Kelly once we joined Special Olympics. Right. So you're involved yeah. with Special yeah. Olympics? Yeah. 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 So I, I chair the Melbourne Inner East uh, Club, um, but started started back, I think Emily would have been around 13 or so. Um, and again, this comes back to the school. There's a really strong push at Ashwood for, um, you know, fitness and physical activity and sport because it does much more than just the, you know, the physical yeah. well-being side, but it's, it's the other pieces as well. But they've always encouraged us to look at extracurricular um, and, you know, kind of ongoing things outside of school. Mm. Um, and Special Olympics was one of those things. And uh, when they first mentioned it to me, um, I don't think it resonated very well. I just, I just thought, oh, you know, Emily isn't, you know, an expert in in any mm. specific sport. And I had in my head what a lot of people do with Special Olympics, where they think it's, you know, for for people who are very highly skilled um, and don't understand that it actually, yes, we do have some very highly skilled people in Special Olympics, but it's for all abilities, um, mm. and everyone can compete with, mm. you know, train and compete at their ability and mm. with people of similar ability. Um, so we were encouraged um, by a parent at the school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give, give, give it a go. And her son went to basketball, so I thought, okay, uh, this will be interesting because I don't think Emily had ever even held a basketball up to that point. Um, but we went to basketball, um, and oh, she had so much fun. You know, they they made sure that she got the ball on a regular basis. Mm. Um, you know, made sure that you know if they did a bit of a game, they'd pause. She'd have the ball. She'd get a chance to, mm, you know, mm, shoot it. And, mm. and you know, I, the fears that I had initially went away. And, you know, everyone was friendly sitting on the sidelines, the parents and the carers. And then the suggestion was, oh, give tween bowling a go. So we did bowling, which she liked <laughs> even more than basketball, which I can't blame her. Yeah. Um, but then it just kind of cascaded. So um, Emily's always been a relatively good runner yeah. um, she's you know she's naturally able to run yeah um and she's always on the go mm. um so it's something that's probably a bit atypical of her syndrome is she is a very physically busy um mm. and so she so running has been a great thing because it gets some of the energy yes. out as well but joining athletics was kind of a real turning point for her um because it was something that um she was reasonably good at um, and where she could make, you know, some significant achievements in that space, um, and and be with like-minded uh, yes. athletes that mm. kind of are in the in the same space. So we did that, and she got into the snow sports stuff as well yeah. um, in the skiing. So, you know, that's kind of how we got into the Special Olympics. And I think, yeah, Mandy and I would chat quite regularly at athletics yeah. practice. Yeah. Um, and and then um, when you went to Tassie um, last year for the national games, Kelly was in charge of Molly, so she was in her gang of four amazing girls. Mm. And yeah. um, I would just go down there and just say, "You're doing a good job." <laughs> oh, that was that's that's such a memorable. Like I, I yeah, I can't say enough about that whole national games it experience and greatest. and being with the girls and. Um, Molly was probably the, you know, we, we actually had, I, I was so lucky. Well, all the athletes are beautiful, but you know, I, I feel my four, they were um, pretty just, gorgeous. They were, they were pretty gorgeous and, and just the characters um, yeah, in that, yeah. in that group. Um, you know, Molly's quite a comedian. So. <laughs> Which is strange because <laughs> so, her mum's yeah. boring. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, so, she, so uh, she would keep spirits light and you know and, and keep people honest and yep. um <laughs> and on time she's an organized lady yeah. and yeah, kelly would very... drop her shoelaces then when we got home she's like you don't do them up like kelly like oh, yeah no, she ruined... i hate it when there's a parent <laughs> that does something better than you i know like, oh, i was like this is outrageous ruined everything <laughs> <laughs> It was just so oh. lovely for me the first time releasing her into that world, knowing I had Kelly on my team. Yes. Though I was very anxious about it going. So it was wonderful. But you are an awesome part of MIE, chairing the whole, mm. you know, it's a big club. It's Melbourne's, it's Australia's oldest club, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, oldest and largest um, at, yeah. this, at this point. So, yeah, we've got a lot going on. Um, you know, we've got... Uh, we're running programs in nine different sports, and then there's other sports we run with affiliates, um, so with external organizations mm-hmm. like um, things like equestrian and and uh, and golf and and so forth. We we use um, affiliate relationships, mm-hmm. but then internally we're running programs um, for you know bocce, basketball, athletics, yeah. swimming. Um, the list the list goes on. So, yeah. um, bowling alone, we have almost a hundred bowlers. Yeah, um, wow. oh, that is but, a time to go and see. Yeah, but it is. It is. It's something you've never seen before. <laughs> um, <laughs> Brilliant! It's, it's yeah. amazing, and, and it's wonderful. Each lane is almost like its own sub club. Yes, um, you, they kind of get used to playing with each other. So there's just such good um, come out, you know, kind of across each of the yeah. each of the lanes. So well, you're doing yeah. and have done an incredible job. And so thank you just for myself on all the hard work. Mm. I've seen it on the like subcommittee level. You're organised. You've got great IT skills. Oh. Better than us. Oh, I, no <laughs> IT none. skills. We She's like, Mandy, none. can you please join this email thing? I'm like, no. <laughs> oh, it's it's the handy thing about being a nerd back in school is I was able to continue that into yes. my uh, so definitely. I was not. <laughs> I'm too busy talking. It really hasn't done me much good for my computer skills. No, none, zero. It's lucky <laughs> yeah. when I join things. Yeah. Um, tell us about, though, being a director of the smith Magenis yeah. syndrome. I'm going to keep saying that wrong. Yeah, Smith, yeah, so Smith McGinnis um, Syndrome Australia, or you can just say SMS. Yeah, SMS, that's right. Yeah, yeah that, <laughs> that's easier. Um, so, look, there have been a couple groups in the past that were um, set up by various families and, and so forth and, and, you know, need to recognize the ones that started off the, mm. the first camps. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that would be 20 years ago. So, mm-hmm. you know, there and uh, but but. Some of those groups after, you know, parents would age or, yeah. even, or, or just be honest, we all get tired yeah, um, yeah, and need yeah, to yeah. shift or, or life has you shift your focus. They might fold in and another group would start yes. up. Um, we got to a point in 2016 and this is kind of off the back of a camp that went, okay, now we've got a few tiny little orgs kind of doing different things and maybe we just need to come together and, you know, join you know, figure out what our mission is, what what we want to do, and have an official SMS Australia mm. organization, and and get our partnership and affiliation with Prisons, which is the international mm. piece. So, so a few of us uh, worked on that um, and basically founded um, SMS Australia as it is now um, in 2016. So we're all parents um, yeah. on the on the board, a small team of parents. We all have children who have a diagnosis of SMS or children or young adults. Yep. Um, and our key our key activities are really around 
I guess first driving awareness. So mm. um, we work, we you know do campaigning with local groups. Um, it, we try to be active on social media, mm. um, especially at certain times of the year. So um, Smith McGinnis Syndrome Day is on the seventeenth of November. Yes. Um, and the reason for that is um, SMS is. Ninety uh, percent of the time, it's a it's a deletion on the seventeenth chromosome, ah. um, on the short arm. So it's seventeen p eleven dot two. Perfect. Uh, so so eleven being the eleventh month and yeah, seventeen yes. being the day. So that's yeah. wow. That, that's perfect. Mm, very she's yeah. very thoughtful. That's amazing. Yeah, so that's SMS Day. Um, so we tend to do kind of awareness things around that. Um, we have. Creating the network of family, I think, has probably been our number one priority and making sure that any new families with new diagnosis, and sometimes they're not new families as in they maybe get a very late diagnosis. Yes. Um, for example, there's a version of SMS that's probably about 10% of cases, which is a mutation um, right. of, of the RAI1 gene. So right. a gene which is always deleted in the deletion version, um, but it's mutated. And it ends up having almost exactly the same symptoms okay. so yeah, it's considered it. sms yeah um with some some small changes but they couldn't pick that up until they got into chromosomal microarray so it's something that only recent technology is able to find and therefore we're getting young adults or right. you know maybe not even so young adults that are now receiving a diagnosis when right. they didn't have one before um so uh it's it's creating that network of families and then we started registry of um medical professionals and allied right. health based on referral. Yes, so, yes, um, so important. You know, that people know uh, because there is no SMS expert in oh, Australia. So helpful. Um, but, for example, our pediatrician, Emily, was her first. Ah. Um, but now she, you know, I think up around 10 um, that, that she has followed or continues right. to. Um, so, you know, they become the experts, yes. whether they like, like it or not. They got dragged on the journey just like us as parents yeah. um, and then embrace it and, and become really good advocates as well. Um, we have the camp. Um, so Camp Breakaway is an organization unto itself um, up on the central coast of New South Wales. Mm-hmm. Uh, but back in 2003, uh, they worked with a team of families and Ann Smith from the U.S., to hold, hold the inaugural uh, camp for SMS up there. Um, and the way the camp works is, well, at least initially, it was really about seeking respite. Mm, um, right. So it was finding an opportunity for families to have respite for four days or three and a half days. Um, the There was a clinic that was run. So Ann Smith was able to run her um, natural history study um, and capture information and visit each family and, you know, take the measurements and collect the data. Um, So that would feed back into the NIH back in the United States. Um, But then we could also have with the families interacting together um, or um, Ann Smith telling us what the latest research and things Mm -hmm. would be. So, um, and uh, with our organization, we now make sure that that camp can continue, especially when funding models have changed. Mm. It's harder for the camp to secure funds like it used to be able to mm. through um, government and corporate um, grants and donations. Yes. So um, we facilitate getting um, Ann Smith and other specialists to come. Um, so it becomes, you know, part of the conference uh, layout and also assisting families 
um, that may have financial cha- challenges getting um, mm. to the camp. Yep. Um, the beauty of the NDIS mm. is um, there is some uh, support usually for families yes. um, to attend attend mm. the camp because mm. it's supported accommodation, um, but also it's 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 education yes. um, for the parents and carers. Um, so our next camp is uh, next year, November. Yep. Um, so it'll be coming back around. Um, so yeah, that's a big piece, and that's where the, uh, we predominantly fundraise um, right, yeah. to support support that camp and that opportunity. Um, and then besides that, it's really around um, distributing information um, and uh, helping families navigate the NDIS. Um, so we do quite a bit of work with families who um, may be either struggling to communicate mm. um, what the needs of their child is yes. um, uh, or, um, you know, they're heading into the planning sessions yeah. um, and, and you know, want to understand, um, you know, what other people have found um, helpful. can be supporting their child and helpful. Yeah. And, and um, Anne Smith works quite closely uh, with me. We do up uh, letters of support uh, um, for various scenarios. It's amazing, um, Kelly. So, so uh, yeah, so that's, that's kind of what what we do, um, yeah. and as time gets on, and as people like Anne Smith age, and yes. you know she's she's retired now, but she continues as a volunteer. Oh, the what NIH, a legend! You know we're looking we're looking to find um, more, I guess, professionals to mm-hmm. tap into, and and hopefully over the next year to um, maybe find someone here locally that we can um, that we can fund that can mm. fill some of that gap from a from a. Uh, professional standpoint yeah. you're very busy volunteering you volunteer with the snow sports multi-class special olympics yes. and sms and you work yes uh no that's now my work okay yeah what <laughs> so, have yes. to be yes. i was like how yeah. i yeah. yeah no i i think it was a bit of a uh you know melbourne covid to yeah. 2021 yeah. um where where I just went, I feel I need to do something different. different. Yeah. Um, and I was already, I was actually already doing all three to some level, but I wasn't able to do them to the level that I wanted to. Mm. Um, so I think, you know, went home to my partner, Brandon, and said, oh, I just kind of wish I could spend my time doing this instead of work work. Um, and look, there was nothing wrong with work work. Oh, um, no, of course. But but it just there wasn't I wasn't passionate about it. And yeah. um, it just wasn't as meaningful. So and, you know, I always had a very internal facing role at the time. So I didn't really feel I was adding a lot of value. I can see the value. Yeah, where the beauty is, you know, with Special Olympics. Oh, value everywhere. Then, you know, oh. going down, going down to athletics oh. this past weekend and just spending time talking. You know, we had a couple of new athletes uh, trying doing a come and try and talking to the parents and, you know, see so it was such horrible weather, um, but yet we had a pretty good turnout mm. and seeing the joy and the happiness oh. and the friendships, you kind of go, okay, yeah, yeah this, this is, is why, why we're doing it. Yeah. yeah. This is worth, this and is you're worth really it. good at it. Yeah, right. she's so, really good at it. Mandy and I are pretty much only good at talking. I don't want to talk you down, Mandy. You're also really good at other things. But you know what I mean? Like, I can organise a talent show. Yes, you can. But and you can. lead out in church worship that we don't do anymore. <laughs> but what I mean is I and we wrote a book. Right. But yeah. I but think see, see you, see, But whole running whole committees and stuff, you know, like I oh, think yeah. it's so you, great that you're so good at it I and you're know, so organized yes. that the world needs people like yes. you. Oh, but it's definitely you definitely need a team, and I oh, yeah. Yeah. I am highly I am highly organized. Yeah. Um, and you know I can get into like you say that kind of the technology bits and yep, yep. and that's been a, 
I guess, a shift across all three organizations is trying to digitize and mm-hmm. trying to yeah. remove human workload where it's not adding value yeah. and try yeah. to put that into systems. Yes. Um, but then there's this whole other piece that, you know, I'm, I'm not as, um, I'm not as good in front of a mic and, and, you know, I'm not, um, you know, organizing social events. Sure, I can do it, but I'm, I'm probably, you know, I, I coordinated Emily's dev ball, um, yes. last year, which was absolutely terrifying because I knew nothing <laughs> about dev balls. Um, and it was always, it was good to have people there who understood what a dev yep. ball was. Yes. Um, and so it's kind of the same thing. We've got so many different skill sets, um, on, on the committee. Um, uh, you know, we've got, people with writing skills yes. and you know we've 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 got people who just help out with everything mm. you know we've got some uber volunteers that every time you go oh, we need a hand their hands fly up yes. and they'll be anywhere and then you your one land. of those she yeah. yes, land. Yes. Land is amazing a key example of that yes. and yeah so it take it definitely takes the team and i think the challenge is um making sure we all have um some succession as well yes and that you know and that we continue having young people come through and and volunteer um because we do have an aging um volunteer basis just as across this is across everything um, any organization that has volunteers yep exactly um yeah, getting getting because we've got some really good young ones in our um, comms team, and it's yes. wonderful, and it adds energy and enthusiasm yeah. that I think otherwise people like me may not add. Totally, because <laughs> so, we are awesome, yeah. but we also are tired. Yeah, and I can't yes. work out how to do an you know an app for this or that, and they just I'll do that. I know, I like fly well, through wow. it. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to ask about the Berlin World Games because Emily qualified; she went to Berlin. Tell us a little bit about what that was like. We've heard from Harry and Chelsea and Anna, mm, but, mm, mm. you know, what a moment. Yeah, look, it's it's hard. It's actually hard to put into words. It was a phenomenal experience. Mm. Um, and I think the opening ceremony is when it really kind of hit me what what they were. Yeah. Um, and until that – and just to have a stadium filled, um, you know, and, and a stadium where – there's some pretty horrific things that happened in that stadium and, and where, you know, the uh, Nazi addresses used to be given. And, you know, and we think about the last time the, you know, there was international competition held in that mm. stadium, you know, from an Olympic standpoint to now where it's now the most inclusive event yeah. in the world. Oh, how amazing. Was, yeah. yeah, it just really gave gives you shivers. Um, mm-hmm. The amount of pride with mm. every country um, oh. And everyone cheering them on. Um, for me, seeing Emily's face, it was, oh. I don't think I've seen her happier. Oh. Um, just the absolute glee and joy and pride yes. um, to be there. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's an opportunity that um, it really is an opportunity of a lifetime, yeah. but something we are incredibly fortunate and we are very thankful that she had the opportunity to do it. Yes. Um and look, it's it's a lot of hard work for yes. for for the team that, that goes out there and the support. Mm. You know, uh, again, uh, it's it's all volunteers. Yes. The coaches and team support are volunteers. Yes. They've got massively long days, um, and they've got sometimes, you know, a few four individuals under their care that yes. they may never have met before um, in a huge. massive responsibility um, and spending. You know, once the once the 
actual competition begin spending every single day, you know, at the venues and supporting them. And so, you know, very, very thankful and very grateful for the time that that each individual took to make these games yes. these games possible and this kind of experience possible for and shout out to Sarah who went with your family oh. who's one of Molly's favorite friends she runs into <laughs> athletics and says Sarah and I said when we first brought you here I had to bribe you with a packet of lollies to get out of the car and now you're running in like these volunteers yeah, absolutely agree. And look, Sarah is an excellent example and inspiration to other young people um, that, you know, of the value that young people can provide volunteering yes. in this kind of capacity and the difference they make. And yeah, and how they just touch the lives of everyone around them. And it's not just it's not just the athletes. Um, it's us as parents yes. as well. Um, you know, there's some some beautiful skills and beautiful people out there. Definitely. And Sarah's a really really good example another good thing kelly is good at is grants and putting people up for awards (laughs) and sarah won oh yes yes a twenty thousand dollars i remember volunteer she did for westfield we all voted oh no i made everyone vote (laughs) (laughs) mandy was like a troll you will not pass go vote yes (laughs) yeah very well deserved um recognition i think for all that she does um mm. you know running our athletics program running our soccer, soccer. program yeah. and again being someone that um puts her hand up to do you know a whole multitude of things um and just yeah facilitates these relationships um at at the programs you know and if someone is on the sideline or maybe it's their first time and they're feeling pretty nervous um, Sarah's the first one to walk over there and just, you know, even just one-on-one do some things, get mm. them brought, you know, bringing them into the fold. So she just got that built into her DNA, um, that that warmth and, and inclusiveness. We've got to finish up soon, but mm. tell me what are the plans for Emily leaving school? I know it's a big term looking at the end of schooling. Yeah, look, I'm someone who um, likes to do a lot of planning likes a lot of structure in place. Um, and it's funny when it comes to Emily, I've learned over time that I just can't overbake it because things are just going to change. And I've gotten very, very good at living in the moment yes. when it comes to her. I'm really bad at it in pretty much every other aspect of my life. But when it yes. comes to Emily, um, it's almost like I need her to take the lead yes. and show me. So, and I took some advice from another one of our um, committee members who, you know, kind of said, look, there's no point trying to get it all set up perfectly because guaranteed you're going to have to change. And, yeah. you know, and if you put in you know, two, a, a heap of work into making this possible, um, ch- you know, chances are it's going to be very frustrating. It's going to be, I did all this work and now I'm having to change. So I've tried to put that perspective on and we did some trial days with Emily at various programs. Um, she's not someone who loves to sit in the classroom, um, you know, and do kind of the more academic side of things. Um, but she really loves to be hands-on and really loves to be in a social environment. So our plan next year, um, she'll be in a program with actually a lot of her, um, there's some of her special Olympics friends as well as some of her Ashwood friends who graduated in last year too. Um, and we're going to focus on sport and recreation and hospitality. Um, So those are kind of, and really playing to her strengths um, 
and and when we have a we won't do that full time we'll do that yep. three three and a half days a week yes. um and then we will try to fill up the rest of her time with doing some of that extracurricular stuff that always gets pegged yes. into the evenings and yes. um, yeah i'm doing the same i'm just having some space because those words from that other committee member resonated to me as well through yeah. you yeah to just mm. hold things loosely mm. and yeah, yeah just have a couple of days to have go and get your hair cut or go to the dentist yeah. or anything like that. I'm really looking forward to having some space or just lie on your bed. Yeah. yeah. Molly <laughs> will do that. Emily, maybe not. And, yeah. No, I've learned Emily really need, and maybe it's age appropriate, she really needs that downtime yeah. and yeah. needs that time away. So as much as she's very chatty and go, 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 yeah. more and more rest. I find as soon as she comes home, it's yes. kind of like up in the bedroom, doors shut, yes. and she's going to do her her thing so I need to build in that downtime yes. um, for her it's um, quite freeing we'll, rather than thinking we've yeah. got to jam pack them and yeah it's yeah. extremely age appropriate yes. because yeah you know people who are finishing school and going to university or TAFE they have Monday mornings off or yeah, Thursday that's afternoons right. or, yeah, yeah so mm. yeah so is there anything we've missed that you want to tell the world I could talk to you for 17,000 hours <laughs> at least <laughs> no Look, I think, and this comes back to, I guess, you know, the value of, of the podcast, but, you know, of these conversations is it's it's really our social responsibility to educate ourselves. And and I guess coming on here, it's, it's creating that awareness or mm-hmm. providing some of that education so that, you know, the world can be more empathetic and, and um, and understanding that lived experience comes in different forms. Yes. You know, I think, yeah. I think, you know, there's, uh, I have a friend who works um, in another disability organization and she's, she's a mother to a son with SMS as well. And the organization she works in is probably predominantly physical disability um, and definitely more and more programs and, and kind of synergies um, with organizations um, for people with intellectual disability but what um, she finds in her organization and what you know we found um, even on our journey is sometimes it's not um, seen that parents have the lived experience in our in our scenario um, because we often need to help be that voice and need to help um, translate what's going on um, and you know we and yeah do the advocation advocating for our Mm -hmm. for our children um, and so forth so you know lived experience if we educate ourselves um, if we have lived experience then we have this whole ecosystem of you know parents family members friends, you know, Special Olympics, it's like our whole community is now a community of people with lived experience yes. and with, um, because they're either in subcapacity, they're either one degree separation or they're directly involved. Yes. Um, so, you know, I think us all making ourselves part of this makes, makes it a much more inclusive world. Um, if we play our part, you know, people won't be as lonely. Yes. Um, and um yeah and and we can make sure that we we all get the gift and the benefits of of uh these children um you know i i would say i think you know we talk it's easy to talk about the challenges and and you know some of the stumbling blocks along the way but there's so many gifts that that our children deliver um and it's you know it's not just necessarily the you know how engaging or affectionate or you know mm. all those all those terms all mm. those areas but it's also the impact that 
she has had on me yeah. as yeah. Uh, you know i'm i'm involved in these organizations yeah. because, because of, of her, her. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. you know and i i feel that i am far more you know accepting and loving of others in yes. general um because of her mm. so you way. know i think you know i think that's probably the key thing you know in this journey um mm-hmm. has been ha- has been the positives that have come away from that yes Amazing. oh Thank, thank you, Kelly. You, thank you. Thank oh, you. Oh, we know people will love listening to you. Yes. And this is probably something that can go on your website and people can listen to, for, you know, SMS. Mm. People try to searching for it. You never know. So mm. thank you for giving your thank time. You, thank you. And, thank um, you. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah. And I just look forward to doing this life with you for a long, long time. I'm really <laughs> grateful for you. And, um, yeah, let's just yeah, keep you might doing it. You might be stuck with me. Yep, great. I'm happy to be stuck with you. <laughs> I really appreciate when I can ring you and just download some stuff and you get it. Yeah. You get yeah. every single thing I'm saying and that's rare. Yes, so thank yeah. you. It is rare. Yeah. Um, the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.